SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mabete on SAFM. It is increasingly hard to imagine anyone in mainstream South African business who doesn't know a business person, directly or indirectly, who has left or is planning to leave the country. The absence of decisive leadership, perhaps clarity on tone and action against wrongdoing makes our ship seem painfully rudderless. At least it seems South Africans are tired of political poetry. They want to hear a firm voice from the top condemning wrong, accompanied by a firm hand against anyone who goes on as if they have license to go about abusing public resources, making threats and sowing disunity in our fragile country. Who takes the hardest knock when these businesses close shop? What should we work on to keep entrepreneurs and business people, big business in particular in South Africa, and to boost the economy? Somebody who knows quite a lot about that in working with some of these brands who have, through his intervention, stayed and at times with his advice they've thought, okay, it's best to leave. Mr. Solim Owen, good evening. Good evening, Thank you. Thanks for your time. First question, and I'm going to get straight to it. Yeah. In the context of this conversation, is it fair that SAA again are getting a bailout, only this time from the Development Bank? Is it fair to those businesses who do not have that option of bailouts, even without producing the necessary records as security for a return of investment? Why is SAA and many other parastatals so isolated and insulated from the troubles and perils of genuine business? Look, there are very many, I don't think it's fair. There are too many political vested interests in these SOEs that will make sure they keep being bailed out at our expense or whatever. There's no doubt that the, the, the DBSA didn't come to this decision on its own, independent of some level of political pressure. Tell us more about that. So, uh, look, we know that a lot of the people who are deployed to run these organizations, including the DBSA, are politically blessed, as it were. And when that big knock comes to their door to say, this is the decision you're going to make, many times they don't have options but to oblige. Uh, it's not fair. The, the taxpayer pays, pays in the end. We pay. Um, uh, there are many other businesses who do not get to have the same privileges. If you look at the, on the competitive side, for instance, competition side of SAA on domestic uh, flights, uh, it, 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 it competes against Comair, it competes against FlySafe, it competes against a number of other airlines that do not get to get, if they were to be, to, to be, to be found in the same situation as SAA, they would have to disappear. They would have to be replaced by somebody else. They would have to be sold or shut down. But SAA, for many years, it keeps getting more and more of our funds, and they keep thinking that we have a lot more where all those funds come from. And we, we know it's not true. We are stressed. South Africans are stressed. They are tired of having to bail out. There's not even a, a turnaround strategy that's been put to us to say, from now onwards, we're going to do things no longer this way, but this way, please fund this new plan. There's no such thing on the table. So what are we funding? Let's talk about tone. Let's talk about plans. Let's talk about decisiveness. One Vuyani Jahana had said, I have a turnaround plan. I am not in a position to implement it because there are just too many interruptions and interventions from spaces where they are least required. And as a result, he himself gave up on what could have been a salvage for the national carrier. What can you tell yeah, us in relation to Vuyani yeah. Jahana, SAA, mm-hmm the minister involved of the parastatal and the fact that sometimes 
Good people are lost because of precisely this intervention and the lack of tone that is decisive in attending to the yeah. quagmire that South Africa's industries find themselves in. Right. Not, not only are good people lost, many good people who could do great work in these institutions are afraid to accept these jobs because those are reputational traps. You go into those institutions, I know people who've been there who've been stung big time. So uh, Jahana is not the only one. There are others who came up and said, listen, we can't continue, we can't expect different outcomes when we continue in the same, with the same approaches forever. But then the political interference that bears down on them is massive. They, they can't make decisions that are business decisions, that are good for the business, that are based on smart corporate governance, because there's always a political master. Uh, they, they, they go around calling themselves the, the shareholders, representatives, whatever else they call them these days, and they go around saying, no, no, you cannot go this way. For instance, just before the elections last year, we know that at SABC, for instance, there was a, there was a discussion about too many people are employed there. And then, but then we had the elections coming up. Dabeni came in and said, uh uh-uh, no, 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 you can't. The, the unions, consulting, and all those people. So these SOEs and state-owned entities are not able to make decisions and to be run on sound business uh, uh, terms because politicians have something to get out of them. And I think there's a lot more that we don't know in terms of what other benefits go into individual politicians or, or, or political parties directly or indirectly. That's why these vested interests are so hard to remove. We've just emerged from the World Economic Forum and I was able to catch an interview between one of our more premier journalists um, in... uh, One of the journalists was having an interview. His name just literally ran away from my mouth now. Richard Quest? Richard Quest was the guy who was actually being interviewed by one of our own. And that interview, in many respects, is telling in terms of how the international community, I mean, Richard Quest commands a massive following and respect in international journalism, international business journalism in particular. And he was absolutely emphatic in the fact that South Africa have lost a lot of ground, in particular the Zuma years, but nothing has changed in the post-Zuma years, saying that President Ramaphosa came in here knowing there was no credibility for South Africa and nothing has moved in the positive direction. He mentions, Richard Quest, that the economy, in his words, was hijacked in the state capture aspects of it all. And he then posits this question to Bruce Whitfield, have there been any arrests? And the answer is no. And, And I suppose that is the tone, that is the message. Despite it all and because of it all, that is the message the international community takes in engaging South Africa. The question is then, how does that actually affect the reality for businesses in this country? Look, um, what the, the one thing that we don't sufficiently discuss in South Africa is the levels of confidence that are in, in the system. And and these small, there are many people who are shutting down businesses. They either stay, shut down, they stay here, or they shut down and leave the country because they don't have confidence. They have no sense of where things are going. Richard Quest was right. We don't have a story to tell. He said in that interview, um, don't come... Don't come here to tell us to invest, invest, invest in your country if you have no policies worthy of the, the investments you're asking for. A, a week before this interview, I wrote a piece to say, what story is Team Salazar going to tell at, at, in Davos? They said, There's no story to tell. I'm sure that's why Ramaphosa didn't go. So all of these things impact on the, the levels of the extent to which people have confidence in what's going on in the future of South Africa, in how this country is managed. We don't have clear policies. Each time 
Ramaphosa says one thing, somebody else in his own political party, especially the Ismahashwili, is the first one to come up and say, no, 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 that's not where we're going. This is the other direction that we're taking. So people are shutting down jobs, businesses, small businesses that employ a lot of it. We know that in small businesses, medium-sized businesses are the biggest employer in many economies. Correct. And in the South African context, the black tech, and this is what I'm talking about, the black tech, when my brother loses his job, he come to me to say, sorry, I, can you help me? I can't pay for my kids' fees anymore. I can't, I can't feed my family anymore. So the burden of black tech grows each time another business shuts down, people lose jobs. And, but people don't seem to see the connection before. They don't seem to connect the doors between all of these things. I would imagine that when you refer to black tax, I think that term black tax is fast, fast becoming obsolete in the reality of the fact that many people across all colors in this country are finding it somewhat difficult. And the notion of dependency on family members and friends on the kind is whilst we have understood it as black tax, but it really is a national tax at a social level. And I would love to hear some comments yeah. from our yeah. listeners who want to comment in this conversation with Mr. Solimoweng, brand reputation management advisor, and more importantly, the CEO of Don Valley Reputation Managers. We are asking the question why business owners in South Africa are packing up and closing shop. This despite all the many political s- stories, poems and everything else that speaks in the opposite direction. As we look forward to 13 Feb 20. 20- 20, President Ramaphosa will be delivering his State of the Nation address. If you have any comments on this particular story, the number to dial is 0891-104-207. After the ad break, Mr. Solomon Wang returns to continue the conversation. Are you a business owner? Are you a small business owner in particular? Have you found the going got tough? Let's talk about ESCOM and how it has negatively affected you, specifically at the tail end of last year. Have there been any differences or changes in how your business environment is looking this year? Have you had to retrench people? If you are retrenched, let's talk about how you're finding it possible to continue living this, of course, in the times where you have to consider your child's education, because right now, if if the child is not in primary school, he or she might be at university. Lots to talk about. 0891-104-207. Why are business owners packing up and closing shop? And because of that, we are having that conversation with Mr. Solimueng, who knows a lot about businesses, not just from a brand reputational management, but purely on business advisory. And of course, I'm asking this question in the light of the January 8th statement by President Ramaphosa. This, of course, at a party level, but of course, it has a massive implication for the state. And the ANC this year says this is the year of unity, socio-economic renewal, and nation-building. And I think this ties quite well with the topic in terms of why business owners, despite what the president says, despite what the president wants, despite the fact that we are no longer in the political sensation times of campaigning because the election of last year has come and it has gone. The reality is people are not buying into the ANC. People are not buying into the leaders of this country. And that is a serious problem. In fact, in a reputational sense, South Africa has got zero credibility from its political structures and those in the public service. Is that a fair assessment of things, Solly? The third thing is that Ramaphosa, he says good things. He's very good at saying good things. But then we can't believe the things that he says anymore, no matter how beautiful this one, because they very quickly become 
uh, contradicted by somebody in his own party. And so the, we keep sending double mixed, confusing messages to the business community at home, to South, to South Africans, but also to potential investors. We're not clear about where we stand on many things. And the, for that reason, it's not good for reputation. It's not good to, to it, it doesn't help to get, uh, people build confidence in the future of South Africa, see far at a level of predictability, as it were. So if people can't make long-term investment decisions in a country that doesn't provide a sense of where it's going in terms of policies, political policies and economic policies. And that is not good. Look, Ramaphosa is the only president that we have. We, When he fails, we all fail. The ANC is the governing party of our republic. When it fails, when it falters, when it keeps making all these boo-boos, we all suffer the pain. So we should wish for Ramaphosa to succeed. We should wish for the United for the ANC to at last show speak in one voice on, in terms of policy, so that we can know where they are going. So that when we send out messages out there, that trying to attract people to come to South Africa, we're not going to, to be contradicted the next day. This is what President Ramaphosa says in relation to state-owned enterprises because they seem to obviously be carrying this narrative in terms of failures of the government, and particularly to do with our rents and censors, given however many bailouts all of these public enterprises and institutions have received. Several of our key state-owned enterprises are facing great difficulty. This has a severe impact on broader economic growth and transformation. The crisis at ESCOM has contributed to load shedding over the last year, further subduing economic activity. ESCOM's leadership will will need to address the entity's financial, operational, structural, and human resource challenges. The fact that South African Airways has been put under business rescue to enable it to restructure and return to financial sustainability is a demonstration both of the depth of the crisis and our determination of government to decisively address us. What about either of ESCOM or SAA speaks to decisive governance, because if anything, it's decisive governance in bringing these two institutions to their knees, because everything that could have been done, that should have been done, was never done, and everything that should not have been done, was done. Well, I think, and Ramaphosa said it last week, that there should be, there should no longer be political interference in the governance, the operational management of these SOEs. And that is the, that is the elephant in the room. A lot of times, we said it earlier. This, we can say all these beautiful things, but as long as properly uh, uh, trained, qualified, and experienced CEOs and executive management, it's happening at ESCOM. You know, there are people in the middle management of ESCOM who have all the qualifications that are required to run an organization such as ESCOM. But above these uh, well-qualified uh, middle management managers, you have political employees who get placed upon up, up above them, who tell them this big tender is going to go over there. No, you can't make this decision because Kosaki is not going to be happy or the South African Communist Party is not going to, have to be happy. They need to take these guys out of the management of the SOE. Look, it happened at, at, um, at the post office as well. So they put the, the right people in there. As soon as they start getting it right, Somebody comes in to say, no, 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 wait a minute, we want you to do it this way. People who've never run businesses. This has to stop. Actually, you know, political interference in the management of state institutions must be criminalized. What are your thoughts? Should there be criminal sanction for those who do not assist us in advancing the socio-economic objectives of the country living in destitution's way? All of these many vulnerable persons, young and old alike, capable and disabled persons or persons living with disabilities, I beg your pardon, all seem to be vulnerable in a situation whereby the ANC has now said through its State of the Nation address it needs to build a capable state. It would have been better if they were maintaining a capable state or growing even more what already is 
a capable state. Comments and views, 891 First up, a voice note, then we go through to the dry province of the Northern Cape. KGM is on the line. Sungesu, the issue of black tax, Skrill doesn't exist. The issue, the situation of people having to help their family members who are struggling financially is a universal thing. And it cuts across all race groups. It's not exclusive to African people. It's been like that since time immemorial. People of all race groups help their family members who are struggling financially. There's nothing unique when it comes to African people. There's nothing such as black tax. We shouldn't just give these labels because they concern African people. This is I'd love to have heard the gentleman's name and I especially invite him please to listen to the last segment of this particular show where Miss Maya Fisher, who's a financial journalist, is going to have a conversation to us about social tax. Let's call it social tax to live up with the, I and I agree with that, sentiment that it's, it isn't black tax. Solly, you also agree. But let's take in one of our regular callers, Mr. KGM, and I'll have you reply to both the voice okay. note, Solly, as well as our caller. KGM, good evening. Good, good evening to your guests and to, to the listeners. Indeed, sir. Thank you for joining. Uh, 2020 for me is, is I'm, I decided that I took a personal decision, which is a conviction, that we, we need to be pragmatic in terms of solutions. So I'm solution-driven because we've articulated more than enough what our challenges are, our shortcomings, our problems, and so forth. Now, yeah. one of the greatest solutions is, is what I started some, what, three, four years ago, which is a personal conviction, not forced by a, a, a political uh, affiliation or anything that, that one would, would associate with, but to look at the patriotism that is genuine, to say, look, if, if I become a multimillionaire or multi-billionaire alone, and I'm living amongst the people who are poor, hungry, and destitute, what does it say to me, let alone what other people say to me or about me, to me as a person? Now, if you look at the program that we've started of developing small entrepreneurs from startups to acquisitions, measures, and so forth, I've learned a lot about how much this country, how much the people of this country are in desperate need of moving away from entitlement, from the narrative that is given and driven by the politicians, and from being misled by the ones who are sitting in the comfort of their zones. Mm. Because, as your guest has said, the, the statements are made. But what people say and what people do are two different things. Yes. I, I do, as a result, I don't respect anything that even the President Ramaphosa says because he says one thing and does another. Now, in terms of solutions, let, let's put our money where our mouth is. And I challenge you, Songezo, as the media, each time you invite guests who come on, the, on, the, on, the, on, on your platform, mm. make promises whether it's KGM as a regular caller or it's your guest or whoever, please follow, follow up, up on it. Because what we, what we are not doing, which is very dangerous, yeah. is that we are allowing people to lie. And we, we've turned lies into truth and into normal. We've normalized abnormal situations, and that's why we're going down the drain. I accept that. 
I certainly accept a challenge and I'm more than happy to, at any given time, interview an accounting officer in the public sector, in the private sector, or even, for that matter, in the judiciary. There's much to talk about and there's much to hold those persons to account for, and especially in times where accountability at the very least, is as lacking as it is. KGM, we appreciate your thoughts. Solly, you want to reply to that? Um, I mean, those are just prudent, obvious things that one has to seriously consider because the reality is there's a serious void and lacuna in the kinds of leadership we need in this country to what we actually have. Yeah, look, first of all, the, the voice note you received earlier, I also agree that what we call black text is increasingly becoming a a colorless text, you know, more and more people, even white people, are getting affected by by the need to take care of relatives, of, 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 of cousins and cousins, family, parents, parents who've been made, rendered redundant because they are white, because they need to make room for more black people to into, the, into some of those spaces. Now, not all those people have the money, so they have, they find themselves in situations where somebody else, their kids or a brother, to help them out. So it's true that it's amorphous, it's increasingly a social text. But but we must remember that traditionally, I think culturally, black people are known to be quite quite um, good at taking care of extended relatives. I mean, you, you have many households where there are three, four, five generations, and one or two people only work. Or sometimes they all rely on the on the on the pension of the grandmother or the grandfather. So it's been big in that community, but it doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way forever as our economy continues to, to, to suffer the way it has. Yep. And in terms of, look, we all pay taxes to this government, and we all must keep pressure. Put, yeah, we must keep putting pressure on this government to do right, to, to, to spend our tax money where it should be spent. It doesn't mean that we must rely uh, uh, uniquely on government. It doesn't mean that when government is not doing what it must be doing, we must sit there and cry and do nothing. There are many South Africans, rich and less rich, who are doing a lot of things to help other people, who are spending the little that they have to take care of you know, poor kids. They take them into through schooling, they pay for them, they, they make sure they are fed, they have their well clothes and all that. And we should encourage South Africans of all colors to keep, if we have more, try and share with others. We can't, we can't live in, in, in a land where some have so much that they don't even know what to do with it without helping others, many others out there who are in need. But we must not, that doesn't mean that we must let the ANC, which, which is a governing party today, get away with taking our tax money and abusing it. I mean, look at how many times we hear about hundreds of millions that are allocated to refurbish the homes of parliamentarians. It's nonsense. They hold the cars. I mean, no matter how many times they decide they're not going to buy expensive cars, we see them doing these things. We see them travel business class all over the place, even from Cape Town to Johannesburg. Nobody needs to fly business class on tax on public funds from Joburg to, to Cape Town. You know? So the, the, the things, leadership has to come from the top. The tone has to be set at the top. The, the president has to be clear about what he accepts in his administration and what he doesn't accept in his administration. As long as it's too ambiguous with that, people will keep doing their own thing because because they know that he's not going to follow up with action when he says stuff. Why are business owners packing up and closing shop? It seems like everything that everybody has said is precisely the reason why business owners are packing up and closing shop. Let's take a couple of voice notes. Swangezo, the issue of the economy of the country is tied into a lot of other things, including the education sector. The protests that you see every now and then from different sectors where infrastructure is destroyed 
and it has to be rebuilt using funds that are earmarked for further development, which means there is no development. You are staying at the same place. And if the economy is not growing and we continue to destroy our infrastructure, we're going to end up like the countries that are surrounding South Africa where things have collapsed because there's there's a limit to which you can continue to use resources without rebuilding them. Hello, Songezo. You know, your question is too big, my friend. I don't know where to start answering it, really. Go down to the Free State there and see what's happening in the municipalities there. From Mangaung Metro, Dishabeng, Velkom, Machabeng, Malutia, Pofung, you name them. Aizma Khashoggi is still pulling the strings behind the scenes. And the ANC is failing the whole country. Our children don't have any future. Let's do, South Africans, let's do something about the African National Congress. Let's take it maybe to the United Nations. Let's get it investigated, please. Yeah, well, that's a question. What more to do? Donovan, the menu this evening is, we are talking now to Mr. Soli Wang, Brand Reputation Management Advisor and CEO at Don Valley Reputation Managers. The question for another seven or so minutes, why are business owners packing up and closing shop? Many people have had many things to say in relation to that. After him, Zama Lope, who's the Strategy Director at, TWB, at TBWA, is talking to us, the future world of work for Africa. This, of course, in the changing landscape, both in terms of technology and human resources and services that are not just available domestically but internationally and the free movement of goods and services between nations is clearly changing the business environment. In the new hour, student entrepreneurs with Mr. Musa Malulega, student entrepreneur from Vritz, who is a competition finalist in the Entrepreneurs' Organization Global Students Awards soon to be held in Cape Town. And then Ms. Maya Fisher, financial journalist, talking to us about the reduction of the burden that is referred to but now soon to change from black tax to social tax so donovan thank you so much for asking questions Solly, you want to reply i i i'm not sure that i am getting his point i'm sorry no no no. i was just what? asking if you wish to reply to the voice notes uh, I, I, no, I didn't i didn't hear that properly. okay not to worry not to that. worry okay. let's move on let's move on because i just actually okay. want to pick your brain on this one at least in the final couple of minutes that remain priority sectors for this particular anc-led government in relation to the year of unity socio-economic renewal and nation building one of the key priority sectors that president ramaphosa highlighted in his january 8th statement was investment jobs and inclusive growth of course we know where he got that from the people shall share in the country's wealth there shall be work mm-hmm. and security this is again, if you will, the reawakening of aspects that are fundamental to the Freedom Charter that have since found themselves in the Constitution, which are also fundamental human rights this time around. And he goes on and talks about the fact that in just two years, more than 600 billion in investments. The critical distinction there is not 600 billion in the bank, 600 600 billion rand in pledges. Critical distinction, a pledge is not money in your pocket. Let's talk about the fact that President Ramaphosa, whilst he might be sending out the right signals, in return he's also getting the right signals. But nothing is moving from him, and certainly businesses are not going to invest in real terms in the light of this climate that we are, for the most part of the show, lamented. Yeah, look, people, you know, the, the thing with corporate South Africa or corporates in anywhere in the world, they don't want to be standing on the wrong side of the politicians in power. So they will say they do the right things. They will come to the functions, they will come to the seminars, they will say all these things that politicians want to want to hear, because they know that they rely much. The bulk of their businesses rely on on, on government 
you know, and you know, blessing them with with with, 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 with contracts. But a lot of times they don't do, they don't really believe what these politicians are saying. And if, if all this money has been pledged uh, or invested in South Africa, why is the, the unemployment rate, especially the unemployment rate of young people, growing so fast? So where is this money? Where are those pledges? Where are the businesses? The truth, the fact of the matter is that while business people say one thing in public, they will not stand up on a platform and give Ramaphosa like someone like Bonang Mohali used to be able to do. You know, or like Busiswe Mavoso at DLSA, those who are able to, to to speak to government, the kind of things that corporate South Africa is afraid to say. But the truth is, people are not are not going to invest in the long term in South Africa as long for as long as there's no clarity on 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 political and, and economic policy. They're not going to put money in a country where there's this rumor that uh, private private uh, possessions or assets are not safe. They might be taken. On, on, on political grounds. You know, who's going to put money into investments, into capital in, investments when some of that uh, might be taken away by politicians on a whim? So who's going to put money into an economy where they don't know? Now people are talking about Ramaphosa being taken, removed from his position. Maybe it won't happen. It's most likely not going to happen anytime soon. But who's going to be president of the ANC and of South Africa when Ramaphosa goes away? It's David Mabuza. How much confidence do people, the world, the, the world of investors have in him. So there's too much uncertainty in South Africa, in, in brand South Africa going forward to give sufficient um, uh, confidence in the, in, the, in the world of investors to put money here in the long term. Final question to you. The President, so far I've referred to things that he said to his own party. What does he say to the country? The state of the nation is in less than a month from now. This yeah. is probably a critical moment for him. Yeah. This will be, it will not be his first set of the nation. There was one in 2018 in Feb. Mm-hmm. There was one at the beginning of last year. There was one immediately right. after he was now for the first time sworn in as president after a general election. This is his fourth State of the Nation address. It's not new to him. He's clearly sobered up or ought to have sobered up to the reality of selling the euphoria of a State of the Nation address and wonderful poetry. Without more, and I'm sure he must be feeling the pressure, how, if if at all possible, can he get one final push in terms of the confidence yeah. and backing of the people? When he said Tumamina in Feb 2018, there was a national buy-in into that. He has lost a lot of ground. Ramaphoria has now turned into the false dawn, if you like. What do you say as the president? What do you need to do as the president to get South Africans behind you? Because for the most part, it would sound and seem not many are behind him. I think at the core of this is that we have a president, all presidents given our electoral system, who are on one hand the president of a political party, and on the other side, on the other hand, the politi- uh, president of South Africa. So that the president needs, Ramaphosa needs to speak a lot more often as president of all South Africans and act on and act as president of all South Africans and lead all South Africans. But then he has to look over his shoulder too many times because they, actually most of his enemies philosophical enemies are not outside of the ANC. They are within the ANC. So when he makes his, his um, uh, uh, State of the Nation address, he's going to, uh, to have to be mindful about what Kosati expects him to say, what the communists are expecting him to say, what, what, what uh, the, the Zumaists in his, in his political party, including Rama, uh, the Esma Rashule that somebody mentioned uh, you know, earlier. All of those people are not on the same page, on the same agenda as Ramaphosa, by the look of things. I mean, but Ramaphosa is not a strong leader. He's not. He, I haven't seen him stand up and say, 
I am the president of the Republic of South Africa, the commander-in-chief of, of our joint armed forces, and this is the direction that this country is going to take. He needs to do that a lot more often, but he won't be able to do that because he's, he's first of all, a deployee of a political party. So he has to look over his shoulder because if they're not happy, they're going to do to him what they did to Tabombeke a number of years ago. And that is said for South Africa. What is good for South Africa is not always good for the ANC, and what is good for the ANC is not good for South Africa. It's not always good for South Africa. And right now we need what is good for the country. Perhaps the ANC yeah. might have overstayed its welcome. Conversation for another day. Thank you so much, Mr. Solomon Wang. Appreciate you. your thoughts. It's a pleasure. Mac from Bumalanga. The country is politically, is politically and economically socially ruined. People don't want to go on and on with this torrid, unsafe, ongoing degeneration in society with fraud, crime and the ANC. Songezo, evening to you. It's Prince in Pumula. Tonight's issue is deep and very sensitive, although it comes from back to our government and the system. They should stop airing useless shows on our TV, such as Lip Sync Battle, and bring back more shows, such as The Big Debate, so we can shape our young men and women at an early age. He goes on to say, does Prince, straight to the point, our government is too corrupt, our president is too soft, protecting his own comrades in the cabinet. South Africa is like a stuck record period final comment on this oppressive business legislation does not encourage business investors no matter the size of the business thanks to everybody who has contributed to the show on this particular topic we take a quick ad break now before we move on growing the conversations about the world of work in africa the future what does it hold miss ndomiza masala zama Shoped, strategy director at tbwa stroke yellow talking to us for the next 15 minutes on that